Welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After with Nicole Van Gelder, a podcast that focuses on values and practical tools to help you have peace, joy, and confidence so you can create your own happy homes and lives, no fairy godmothers required. In this week's episode, Pastor Nicole continues on the topic of authenticity. Last time she shared that the key to knowing the Lord is to be known by Him. In this episode, she will share three key tips that will be useful for you to cultivate authenticity in your life. So, some practical steps to living authentically before God and man. I'm going to share those, the things that I've experienced. I know this isn't an exhaustive list, but it's what has brought fruit in my life. So, I'm going to share them with you. Practical steps. First is realize that most of your insecurity is in your own head. (laughs) Now, maybe it started because of a negative circumstance or relationship, but it isn't held there by that. You are the one holding it there. And I want to challenge you because, at least in my life, maybe this isn't true of you, but you may be holding others responsible for something that you are doing yourself. You know, I, for quite a long time, blamed the problems in my marriage and my husband himself for the insecurity that I had. You know, it was these circumstances. It was this the impact of this difficult time in our relationship. It's, you know, the way that he communicated at this time or whatever it was. There were things that I was that I was blaming him for when really the whole time it was me. (laughs) You know, we choose. We choose who we are. We choose the way we see the world. We choose what we believe about ourselves. We choose the way we behave. And insecurity, although we wouldn't realize it quickly on our own probably, but insecurity we hold on to because it feels safe. It protects us. But the problem is that the protection it offers is also the same thing that imprisons us, right? So we imprison ourselves with our insecurity, and we are the guard, the one that's holding us in that prison cell, and we blame other people as though somehow they could lead us out of that cell, they could lead us out of insecurity. And the truth of the matter is that no one can do that for you. You are the only one who can do that. You are the one that's keeping yourself imprisoned. It may be that somebody really hurt you. It may be that you did not have a good upbringing. It may be that there have been some terrible circumstances in your life for which I am honestly and truly sorry, but nobody else can fix the inside of you. Nobody else can fix the inside of you. It is only you obviously with the Lord's partnership, because the Lord's the one who will really do it. But you have to be the one that allows that journey to happen. So the first step is taking personal responsibility for this. And then once you take personal responsibility, the next step is easy. You choose honesty and confession. And let me clarify what I mean by this, because when I'm talking about confession, I'm not talking just about your sin, although obviously if there are some issues in your life that require that type of confession, then definitely do that. Don't wait because it's going to come out sooner or later and it's just going to bother you and be a weight 
that you're carrying until you actually do confess and make it right. But I'm talking about confessing who you are. And I'm talking about doing this to the Lord and to yourself and others. You know, I believe that a lot of the times our problems with being authentic with other people is like it starts with the fact that we're not being authentic with ourselves, that we're not being honest with ourselves, that we don't want to look too closely or that we feel uncomfortable about something or we feel ashamed or embarrassed or maybe we're just busy in life or we're taking in so much of other people and other people's expectations or the world's expectations that we're trying to conform to those standards. And so we don't even slow down to consider what our standards are or what our reality is or what we're like or what we value. So when you choose honesty and confession, it means that you are choosing to be honest about who you are always that you're not allowing behaviors in your life that reinforce insecurity. So a little example of this in my life personally is that many years ago, I realized that I didn't always get in pictures with my kids, with my family, that I was quick to take pictures, but that I didn't always feel comfortable being in pictures. You know, I have eight kids and I have had many pregnancies outside of that, that, you know, that resulted in miscarriages. But so the point is that I spent a lot of time pregnant (laughs) and I spent a lot of time in high risk pregnancies where my activity levels were restricted and that impacts your body. You know, as you get older, your body changes. As you go through pregnancy and birth, your body changes. As you go through pregnancy and miscarriages, your body changes. Without being allowed to be very active, that impacts things too. And so I wasn't always happy or comfortable with the changes that came with that for me. And I realized very early on, thankfully, in having girls, because I have seven girls, that I did not want to model for them insecurity in my looks, that I didn't want to pass that down. I didn't want to model them being concerned about how many calories they're eating or what they look like on the outside. I wanted them to be confident in who they were. I wanted them to know that they were beautiful and that their worth wasn't determined based on what size clothes they wore or you know, what they happened to look like on any given day. And so I knew that along with teaching them that and telling them that with my words, that I had to actually be an example. Because if I tried to teach them that, but then lived myself in a different way, I know that I would be teaching them something contrary to the value I wanted them to have. And so even though it sounds little, I realized that if I was self-conscious and insecure about being in pictures, or if when I was in pictures, if I was constantly critiquing them, that I would be sending a clear message to my daughters. And I did not want to do that. So I made the decision that I would be in the picture and that I would do my very best not to critique it. And that's not always easy. You know, sometimes people just don't take very flattering pictures of you. But I have done my best to stand by that. And I can tell you that it has impacted not just my girls and my kids, because I think it's probably impacted my son too, but that has impacted me 
that it caused me to accept myself and be honest about who I am and to learn to be okay with it. That it taught me that I cared more about my appearance than I realized, but also that the negative behaviors that I had that were associated with that, that they could be changed just by me choosing different behavior. And that's what happened. So when I'm talking about confessing and being honest about who you are, I'm talking about before the Lord, before other people, and before yourself. And part of this is not allowing behaviors that reinforce insecurity, but instead forcing yourself to choose healthy and positive behaviors. I'm going to warn you, however, that this process is and feels messy. You know, in this process, maybe some of you are listening to this and you've lost your voice. You know, you don't speak up because of insecurity or you have other ways that this has impacted your life. And as you make the choice to not live or not allow your behavior to reflect your insecurities, it's going to sometimes be scary and uncomfortable and it's going to create messes because you're going to change and you're going to grow. And sometimes you are going to assert yourself when you don't need to, but just because you're trying to be powerful, (laughs) you know, and other times you're going to want to assert yourself and you're not going to. So part of this process is sticking with it because it's how you learn and grow and how you blossom. Sometimes maybe you will speak up when it doesn't matter and you won't when it does. You know, sometimes in this process, you might feel awkward or misunderstood. But the important thing is that you keep taking steps, that you give grace to yourself in the journey. You give grace to other people because they're on their own journey and that you just commit to choosing to be authentic, to be real, to be honest. And the other word of warning that I just want to share with this is that you don't have to share all of yourself with everybody. You know, like it's important though that you have some people in your life that know the real you that you've risked enough to be honest with, but that doesn't have to be for everybody. Parts of yourself should be reserved for the people that are closest to you, the people that are in intimate, committed relationships with you. Take personal responsibility Choose honesty and confession about who you are to yourself, to the Lord, and others. And then the third practical step is choose to love others. Now, what does this have to do with being authentic? Well, when you love others truly, purely, it stops you from being, first of all, so focused on yourself. And second of all, it prevents you from holding yourself back from others. In 1 John 4, 7-10, through I'm going to read from the Passion Translation, but it says, Those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another, because God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours. He, pro- he proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Again, <laughs> I know this is a lot of words, but we love because he first loved us. 
But the other thing is those who are loved by God, it says, let his love continually pour from you to one another. All right. The one who doesn't love has yet to know God because God is love. Now, this is the thing. It is true that we love because he loved us first. But sometimes experiencing his love requires us to step out in faith and love others. It's that we have to trust that he loves us. We may not feel it. We may still feel awkward and insecure and uncomfortable. It may be more of a head knowledge than actually something that feels like it's alive in our hearts. But we step out in faith and we offer love to other people. And when we offer love to other people, this amazing thing happens where we actually begin to receive his love. Because love is not insecure. It's not half-hearted. It's not afraid. True love requires us receiving God's love because otherwise we don't have love to give. You know, you can coast for a little while. You can like someone enough to behave with love towards them for a period of time. You can feel enough affection for somebody that you can act lovingly towards them for a period of time. But true, pure, lasting love only is birthed in eternity. It's only from the Lord. And so when you are in a relationship with somebody, be it a spouse or a child or even a lifelong friend, maybe a sibling or a parent, but when you're in a relationship like that, it's only a matter of time until you're going to need something greater than what you have within yourself to be able to continue loving them in a way that is true. You know, most love starts out selfishly. We love because people do something for us that we love. We like to be around them. They take care of us. They make us laugh. We find them attractive. <laughs> you know, we just, we have the same sense of humor. We like the same stuff. You know, we find something about them attractive. You know, not, I'm not just talking about like, you know, man, woman, romantic stuff. But I'm just talking about there are people that we like being around because we just enjoy them. You know, but that only lasts for a period of time. Like selfish love will, it will work for a period of time and then you're going to need something more than that. And to truly love someone else is an amazing thing because when you truly love someone else, you will want to give them better than what you have. You will want to be better than what you are. You will want to reach into eternity and offer them something that is pure and beautiful that has, that has benefit for them, but it's not selfish in nature. And that is something that comes from the Lord. We love because he first loved us, but sometimes when we step out in faith and we begin to love other people, it actually helps us to receive his love. I love my husband. And so when I see areas where my lack, where my, you know, own issues are causing harm or are creating lack in her home or our marriage, then I have a motivation to change. I have a motivation to want to be better and to do better. You know, our kids, I love my kids. If you have kids, I'm sure you feel this way too. I love my kids. I adore my kids. 
sometimes I don't act lovingly towards them because there's a lack in me. It's not about them. It's about me. And those moments when I don't act as lovingly towards them as I want, they motivate me to want to change, to want to be better, to want to actually be able to love like the Lord does. And so in my process of loving them, it actually forces me into relationship with the Lord. It forces me to grow in my process. It forces me to receive God's love because otherwise I don't have real love to give. I don't have eternal quality love to give. So choosing to love others is actually one of the practical steps of learning to live authentically because you begin to receive love from the Lord to do that and you stop hiding yourself. You stop focusing on yourself. True love requires you to move past insecurity to move into confidence because that's the only way that you're able to actually genuinely love other people in a lasting way. And finally, (laughs) the last practical step that I have for you is to commit to the journey. You know, this was the theme last month, and I sometimes feel like a broken record saying it over and over, but it's so important. A journey allows for imperfection because there's room for the process. You know, in scripture, when it says that something is perfect, it normally means complete, lacking nothing. And so when you think about perfection as completion, I think that unlocks something because instead of trying to do something right the first time, it gives permission for the process. It isn't that you're, you know, completing this giant to-do list. It's that you're staying on the journey until it's complete. You're staying on the journey until you are whole. You're lacking nothing. You're completely who the Lord created you to be. You're walking with him in the manner that he intended. This happens as a result of the journey. If you measure your success this way, then it completely changes things because you're no longer trying for fast answers. You're not just checking things off, you know, to say that you did it, that it's complete. But instead, you measure success by staying on the journey. (laughs) This allows you to be authentic because there's no pressure for you to be any other way. The only pressure is to not quit to stay on the journey, to allow the Lord access to your life, to be honest about who you are because you're growing and you're changing and who you are now is not who you're going to be someday because you're in process. Um, (laughs) This is an amazing thing. It gives amazing freedom because you're in the process of becoming whole. And what's awesome is that when you view your life this way, It gives you permission to move away from shame. It gives you the ability to truly be authentic, but at the same time, you're not stuck. You're not stuck in your messes. You're not stuck in your lack, but instead you're in the process of changing and somehow (laughs) having permission for the process gives us freedom. It's often what we need for healing. It's often what we need to have the courage to overcome. It's often the very thing that we need in order to turn away from sin, to turn to something more, is to get that pressure off of ourselves, the freedom to accept where we are and to just move forward into something better. So practical steps to living authentically. First, take personal responsibility. Second, choose honesty. Confess, be real before yourself, before the Lord and other people. 
Third, choose to love others. And by the way, I don't think I mentioned this, but this is people and the Lord too. It's impossible to completely and wholly love the Lord when you're hiding from him. And then finally, commit to the journey. Be at peace with it. Be okay with it. Accept it. Embrace it. Knowing that the journey is what's going to bring you where you need to be. And then the last thing that I want to share with you guys in conclusion to all of this is that true authenticity is quiet. It doesn't have to proclaim itself. I don't mean that you personally have to be quiet. <laughs> that depends on who you are, how you're wired, what your personality is like. But what I mean is authenticity, when it's real, it's like an intangible thing. It's part of you. People can sense it around you, but they might not be able to name it. But it's what makes you a solid person that can be trusted. You're not focused on yourself, but you're comfortable with yourself. Your fruit, the fruit of authenticity, is quiet but sure. You're consistent and stable. This is an inner transformation much more than an outward one. So people will see the fruit of it, but they may not be able to explain what it is. It's something that happens as a result of what happens inside of you and your connection with the Lord. So in my last encouragement, I'm just going to say keep going. Whether you feel encouraged by others or not, whether you feel like you're making progress or not, whether you feel like you're making a bigger mess of your life or not, keep going because even if you don't notice results immediately, this will happen over time. It will unfold. You will continue on this process and one day you will realize that you don't have the fear that you used to have that you aren't insecure, but that instead you're in a stable place, that you're confident of the Lord's presence in your life. And you know what? The Lord is with you. He is patiently leading you. He's guiding you. He created you to be who you are. So that right there should give you confidence. He loves you now just as you are. And he's not going to love you more, but you're going to be able to experience his love in a more pure fashion if you continue on this journey. So the best really is to come. Just keep going. The Lord is with you and your future is bright. Thank you for joining us for Pastor Nicole's February topic of authenticity. If you'd like more information on this topic, see her notes in the show credits. Pastor Nicole's next podcast episode will be released on March 7th and it will be a series on faith. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend, family member, or someone who needs encouragement. Connect with Pastor Nicole on her website or through social media. Also, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and her bi-monthly newsletter, which includes podcast extras, her blog, and devotionals for you and the family. All of this and more can be found in the show credits. Thanks again for choosing Happily Ever After. See you next time. Thank you.